They say the world can be hard, cruel, and ugly. Trust me, it gets worse if you're hungry and thirst. Doesn't push you from position, last place to first. Can't build a foundation without having feet in the dirt. So I put in the work, grind harder than most. I don't chase accolades of the living, I'm facing a ghost. That's what makes me the GOAT. Depending on who you ask, my brother, whatever task. Got it covered like a mask, guaranteed they can't see me at the open run. Cause I cook competitors until they look well done. Don't act like you don't know where I held from. I had to climb about the trenches, sit on benches till my time had come. Don't be mad at the player, be mad at the game. Sneak this in the hating, that's a flag on the play. Me falling off, huh? That'll be the day I'm like, bolt in the race, leave the track, flambe, it's the open run. Back giving you more of what you asked for is the open run with Will Strickland and special guest, formerly of Below the Hardwood. Can I say formally? Formally say formally or yeah, yeah, you can say formally. That works. The hardwood, but the man behind the the scenes who should always get credit for making sure that the open run is what it is. My man Ryan Antonio Henry, what's up, Ryan? I'm good, man. Doing good. Just you know, preseason. Taking it all in, enjoying it, and can't wait for some NBA basketball to begin. Well, we are in the midst of doing the Eastern Conference preview right now, and I'm looking forward to it. We're not going to break down every team league. Some of the teams are trash. Let's keep it a buck. True. Facts. Yes. Or, you know, I shouldn't say that because I our game and our league <laughs> is incredible. Just some of the teams are not up to par, and we want to make sure we give you the most – insightful information about the top teams some of the teams are on the fringe that could make a move and some of the movers and shakers in the conference are going to surprise us maybe a surprise team or surprise player so with no further ado mr ryan antonio henry we're going to start off with the teams at the top tier the cream de la creme or should i say the creme de la creme the cream of the crop the creme de la creme of the eastern conference we already know the Eastern Conference champions and representatives of the Eastern Conference in the past NBA Finals, where they lost to the Golden State Warriors, the Boston Celtics have had a very tumultuous summer. Would, would that be safe to say? It, it, it's a soap opera. It's it's uh, days of our lives. It's uh, I, I'm not I'm not up to date with all of them, but you, <laughs> you know what? What's a male soap opera? That would be uh, the wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. Yes, sir. There you go. I want to make sure you were in in tune with that. I'm sure you were because you're a big wrestling fan. But of course, when you look at everything, for those who don't know, and you should know if you've been listening to the podcast, Ime Udoka suspended for a year without pay, or I guess his pay is being deducted or garnished or whatever you want to call it, based on the circumstances of having a consensual relationship with two people within the organization, one a staffer and the other allegedly a wife of a high-ranking official. No one else was subject to any persecution or, 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 I guess, adjudication in this case, except Udoka, which seemed a little odd to me. But again, we may never know what that's all about. There are several people who have talked about what happened behind the scenes and why they don't want uh, certain things to come out. But in doing this and the way they released the information in kind of a piecemeal fashion saying that Yudoka violated and he's the only one that's going to be, you know, um, pilloried in the, in the, in the 
public because it was all over the internet. Somebody leaked it and it wasn't TMZ. It was Boston Celtics. Yeah. And they made yeah. sure they're trying to control the narrative. But if it was consensual, then shouldn't those other people be also named? It's a whole murky situation because, yeah, like I, I, like I get it. It's not like he, you know, did anything that was, again, like you said, the consensual word, which was confirmed by a lot of people. So, what about the staffer? What about the uh, execs, the alleged execs' wife? I'm not saying anything, but you know, what, which, what, what that's part of the that? reason why it's not being. That's part of the reason why he got a year suspension, but they didn't fire him because, exactly. which I you know, still find weird. But, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Rumble termination suits happen all the time. Yeah. So if they go, well, you t- you released it, it was consensual. But if you go, okay, we're going to fine you and suspend you for a year because you broke our internal code of conduct. They can get away with that and not have to fire him, but they can take away from him. Which I just find it weird because how do you come back a year later, even after that? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. And what if Joe the new head coach. Missoula, yeah. Well. So Well, he should do well. The, the parts are there. And these guys seem well-adjusted. They played part of the NBA Canada Series in Toronto, or actually in Montreal, the Bell Center in Montreal, last night in overtime game. You big know. turnout. Yeah, big turnout. Montreal wants a professional basketball team, 100%. Um, and they do have one. In the alliance of the CBL, shouts to my man Joel Anthony, two-time NBA champion and form and friend of the program. But the Boston Celtics seem to have all the tools. They are missing the Time Lord, Robert Williams the third. That bulky knee is going to make the difference between whether they go back to the Eastern Conference Finals or not. He's the key to everything they do. You can't you cannot count on the 36-year-old Al Horford in the middle for 80 games, 75 games, nor can you count on the artist formerly known as Blake Austin Griffith to show up the middle. Grant Williams is about to be the center by default until Robert Williams comes up. And that takes away from what he does on the perimeter, which, again, you you give up 137 points in a preseason game, even if it was overtime. It's a lot of points for the top team and the top defensive team in the league last year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, they're going to have problems in the paint this season for sure. Um, Al, I think what Al is good for is that flashback game in crucial moments, which he did all playoff long last year. So I have nothing to say about, uh, nothing bad to say about Big Al, but obviously year by year, the age is getting higher up and the consistency and how many times he's able to have those those big, big, huge games. I don't think we're going to see a lot of them uh, this postseason, but Again, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to figure out something with uh, Time Lord being out. And this, for, and this is why I say that he was important, very, very important to what they do in the start of the season. Um, but again, it's not how they start; it's how they finished in last time, last year. They did not have a great start. By but by the new year, the best record in the league after January first, because they bought into what Udoka was selling, and the first person who had to buy into that was Jason Tatum. Who had a terrible NBA final? This is his first one. Yeah. Did it make a difference? It was his first one. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they've been to Eastern Conference Finals five of the last uh, four of the last six years. So they had the experience in going that deep. So performance anxiety, perhaps. 
right, most right. turnovers in NBA Finals history. That's bad. Oh wait, he he actually has that record. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he got to lose that. He's got to hope someone else takes that from him. But yeah, <laughs> I understand. With the, see, you can't be a high turnover guy unless you create high volume of scoring, not only for yourself but your teammates. And when turning on the ball over, you take away an opportunity to score at all. So you can't score for yourself or your teammate or help your teammates score. And that's a problem when the possessions are valued higher in the finals. Does Jason Tatum bounce back this year? He's been ranked in a couple of different uh, preseason rankings of players uh, as high as seven. I think they had him at seven, actually both in ESPN and on Bleacher Report, which I take with a grain of salt. But ESPN had him ranked at seven ahead of Kevin Wayne Durant. Okay. And just in front uh, or just behind the hashtag he who shan't be named in number six. Um, fair or unfair that ranking for Jason Tatum? If you think about the top 10 players in the league, is he in that mix? You know, I think within the last couple of years, there's there's three guys that have been kind of unfairly graded when it comes to their ranking is KD, LeBron, and sometimes Steph. I'm sorry, what's his name again? KD. Oh, he who shan't be named. Thanks, sir. And and Steph, just because, uh, again, obviously health has been an issue for all three over the last couple of years. The pandemic has been an issue and, and their teams have been an issue. So because they're not consistently back in the playoffs and back in like the, the top spot, that's why you're seeing these guys like Luca, Giannis, Joker, and, and sometimes now Jason Tatum being ranked higher, but we all know who the, the upper echelon guys are and they will probably take their throne back this season potentially but who knows these rankings are just to create conversation more than anything i believe because if you're being honest with yourself we know that you know the top two players they have ranked luca or not luca but um nicola jermaine that's j apostrophe m-a-y-n-e and Giannis ugo Kumpo are the top players in the league last four last four mvps the league so yeah. ranking wise, and these guys, you can't like these guys are not going to be number one forever. But you know that when it comes down to it, it's hard to bet against guys like Steph Curry, hard to bet against guys like Kevin Durant, hard to bet against, especially against the hashtag. So yeah. at the end of the day, Jason Tatum has to have a big comeback year, and I think that what's going to happen is that Jalen Brown is going to take more of a leadership role and step up in a way that Jason Tatum couldn't take over last year. Joe Missoula is going to empower him. Remember I said this. Okay. I'm not saying he's going to be a better player than him, but his utility for that team and his, he has such a dog inside of him. Mm -hmm. You can't dispute that or or, or fight that because he's going to be the guy that keeps it all together along with Marcus Smart, guys who we bumped heads with. But now he's more of a leader in the locker room. They've been to the finals. They know what it takes. And now this, this disturbance in the force, before they go to the dark side, Jason Tatum and new coach Joe Mazzula have to hold down the fort. And Joe has to put like he can't do he can't deviate too far, in my opinion, from what Ime Doka did. But what he can do as a coach, because in the NBA, while X's and O's matter, you manage personalities more. Yeah. 
And you can manage those personalities and keep them focused on what Yudoka started with them. They have a chance to go back to the Eastern Conference Finals. Agree or disagree? They do. Yeah. I, I, I 100% agree because if you remember at the beginning of the season, um, the reason why the Celtics kind of started off so crap was it was the internet, it was the rumors, it was the, oh, these guys got to get split up, these guys got to get traded, right. Jalen Brown can't be that guy with with uh, with uh, Tatum, this can't happen. So I don't know what happened. It was the, the, the Jalen Brown tweet that said, what did he say, something's in the air or something's going to – there's a shift, there's a change, and then from that point on, it you know, so I completely agree that you know his leadership is going to be huge. I think he has a defined role now because for so many years with these two, it was who is one A, who is one B. I think we kind of know that, but mm. what being one B isn't taking a back seat. You can have two guys again lead a team and and do well without and both get the clout, both get the admiration that I don't think that Jalen Brown wants the admiration. He doesn't care about that. I think his yeah. thing is about keeping the team together, you know, making sure that he is in concert with both Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart and Al Horford and Grant Williams, who's going to play a bigger role this year. But Joe Mazzula especially, he was one of the first people that they interviewed after the whole thing. And, you know, he goes, look, we're a little bit stunned, but we got to move forward. Yeah. And we're moving forward with Joe. So him making that statement right away tells you he's taking more of a leadership role and he's going to be the difference in that team this year. As you go down the turnpike to team turmoil in Brooklyn, Brooklyn's in the house without a doubt. You talk about turmoil this summer. Is Kevin going to stay? He wants a trade. He wants Stephen John Nash and Sean Marks fired. Kyrie's like, oh, you caught me blindsided. Uh, I think I'm going to go to Sean Mark. It would have been a total failure. If they lost both of those guys, and they, he actually hand, he they handled that situation well. If you actually look at the big picture, I mean, if you you know what, who handled the situation well? Team Governor Joe Sy. Joe yeah. Sy said, "You know what? The players, while you guys have a lot of power, I still pay the I cut the checks here. These yeah. guys I've chosen to lead us into this path. I've empowered you with the money and the, and the power to help." Make this team go, honor your contract, do what you said you're going to do. And Kevin Durant, Durant had to relent. Even when he said in the in the, in the uh, interviews um, when he came back, yeah, man, you know, I'm not great. You can't just trade me. You just trade me for nothing. And he's right. He put he his spin on that same yeah. face. But at the end of the day, Joe Sides like, yo, dog. We're not just throw you like we want to trade you where you want to go. I'll trade you to Sacramento for Keegan Murray tomorrow, yeah. and bring in bring in my man uh, off night. Uh, What's his name? Davion Mitchell to play in the backcourt and get yeah. some picks. And, uh, you don't want to go to Sacramento, yeah. But he knew he didn't want to go somewhere he he couldn't win right away. So he's like, "Nah, I'm 34 years old. I'm injury prone. It's hard to move that as great as Kevin Durant is." Ask the White Howard. You're not comparing them, but the White Howard's the Hall of Famer. Yeah. This is not even in question. He's not the same level as Kevin Durant, but he couldn't find a job. You know? And so when you look at Kevin Durant, he's back. Is he all the way back or has he bought all the way in? You can never tell with, with Durant. You can never tell with Kyrie. And it's it's a thing that I think it picks at him when they talk about his legacy in the NBA. They say, oh, he ran to Golden State. They won 73 games. 
And it's different when they try to compare the situation between him and the hashtag, no? Because the hashtag didn't go to a team that had won 73 games, the most games in NBA history. Yeah. Um, Miami had won 15 and 38 games before that. Then they made the playoffs with 43, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Right? So it's a different situation and circumstance. And even when in the titles, when he when he actually won the two titles and the two finals MVPs, he felt he was going to be vindicated. He even said in interviews, like, I don't feel like I'm a part of this thing. I don't feel like it happened. So he, he was going to walk anyway. So here's where I'll come in and say, I don't blame him for wanting out of this uh, Brooklyn situation not too long ago, just because at the end of the day, it was it started off with the Kyrie. Does he come back? Does he didn't? Kyrie comes back, but then he just flips. And it's just like a back and forth. It's like, I don't even know if these guys are on the same page. Like, they're best friends. Like, they talk. But it's like, did you talk? Like, you why want- Why did Kyrie want to go? And then now he's back. And then when, right when you think there's, like, some form of normalcy, then KD wants out. And then you have the, the obvious problem of Ben Simmons, which we haven't even talked about. Well, we'll get there. What's going to happen with him? But, yeah, like – I, I didn't blame him for wanting out because the whole situation was nasty. And yeah, no, no, no. He's a part of the situation. They're the ones who conspired in the off seasons from their teams yeah. to go to Brooklyn, not to New York for the Knicks, to Brooklyn. So the Sorry. mess is theirs. It is theirs. Now, give Kevin Durant all the credit in the world from coming back from that injury and being – a, a long toenail away from being the Milwaukee Bucks in the 2021. And and dealing with pandemic Kyrie and all that. Yeah. It's a lot. But he dealt with that. He didn't sign up for that. He didn't sign up for that. He signed up for Russell Westbrook. Yes, he, he knew who Kyrie – look, you knew the job was hard when you took it, my guy. But he you didn't know. know about – No, no. You knew the job was hard when you took it. You don't think these guys talk to each other? You can't tell? All right, so he looked at – I'm not going to take the he, shot. He, he, he looked at – what he did in Cleveland, how he left Cleveland. He yeah. looked how he left Boston. Yeah. You're going to tell me he didn't know who Kyrie was? I'm just saying he couldn't predict. Well, I think you could predict Kyrie not taking the shot, but the the, the whole New York um, rules and regulations and laws. and I'm and talking about his behavior. like one of the last teams in the league to. I'm talking about his behavior, period. Forget about the shot. Okay, no, he knew about that. He knew who you Kyrie knew was. Who Kyrie was, and you still yeah. chose it. Yeah. So if you yeah. put that ring on, Joe Sy said, till trade or death do us part. True. True. Right? No, and, it's true. And, 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 and the Nash thing. And, well, the Nash thing, I'm not even really worried about. Steve Which Nash, he signed off on. Steve Nash knew for a fact that he wanted to be Steve Kerr, and he's not. What he yeah. tried to do was sit yeah. back, sit in the Golden State front office, see what he could do, and then find the perfect situation where he could just come in, pretend like he was really coaching a lot, and win. You know, someone Kenny Atkinson did an incredible job with the, yeah. the Brooklyn Nets before he was let go. Now he's one of his lead assistants in Golden State. Steve Nash, he could come in and do what Steve Kerr did do a little booth work, do a little like all this stuff to kind of watch the league and then take a team. And he found the team he wanted with two superstars and actually got in another one in three in James Harden and said, I can coach those guys. But you forgot. Some of these guys played against you in the league. And that's a difficult thing to do. Ask Brooklyn when they had Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Jason Terry being coached by Jason Kidd. What did they do in the playoffs? I'll wait. Oh, they beat Toronto. My bad. 
<laughs> That's all that matters. Right, right. But it's a difficult thing because guys look at them a little bit differently. Ask Chauncey yeah. Billups. Ask, ask Derek Fisher how that looks. It's tough when guys look at them like, Doc, you can't tell me nothing. You used to be my underling. Now you're, you're my boss. And it goes oh, differently. Oh, it's taken Jason Kidd his third team to really finally get some well, some separation <laughs> from his no from his, his players who played with him. Like guys exactly. that are in the league that played against him, they're not going to give. It's tough. That's a tough thing to do. But now you bring in Ben Simmons now, who is never been a winner to me. Nowhere. And I said this last year when we did the preview about Benjamin David Simmons. How Lonzo Ball was proof that Ben Simmons is lazy. Sure. Now he got his money back from the grievance and everything else. He got to go where he wanted to go. He went up the turnpike from Philadelphia to Brooklyn. But let's be clear, his role there is going to have to be significant. He can't come out and give us triple singles every night. That's not no. $35 million a year production from a guy you no. gave up another former MVP for. So how important has Ben Simmons to the success and or failure of the Brooklyn Nets? Huge. And to be honest, if he doesn't put up or shut up this season, he's in trouble. Uh, mm -hmm. I feel like this could be like the, one of the last big money contracts he gets because of the crap that he's put teams through over the last two years. Like you, you gotta, you gotta show up and it has to be in the clutch. It has to be in the playoffs like you've you've gotten passes, you've gotten kind of baby. You that the mentality is just not there, and like I, I'm tired of the cheap shots too. I'm tired of the, uh, you know, obviously you see the air ball video during the Brooklyn Nets practice, and you're just like, yeah, you can make the jokes and stuff, but he he's got to come back from a lot this year, and even the Nets had to. The fact that the Nets had to come out and make a statement after that air ball video tells me a lot. There's a le there's a level of sensitivity that yeah. Ben Simmons, in the words of my man, the late great and immortal Sean Biggs Green, is soft like porridge. He's yeah. that sensitive. He knows this. You know it's coming. It's what they do with Zion. Is what they're doing to Ben Simmons. It's part and partial for what you bought into, because you created this. Ben Simmons was not a winner at LSU. He was not a winner in Philadelphia. I don't care. I mean, August. Look, they really thought he was going to be the next hashtag. There's a mentality that's, that's missing. There's a hunger that's missing. And he says he's hungry, but he's been entitled all his life. And it's sad to say, but you know, I wish the best <clears throat> for Brooklyn Nets, who are for a lot of people. People are saying that they're going to make the Eastern Conference Finals and go on to the NBA Finals. We shall see. Because there's a team. Go ahead. I'm don't 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 get me wrong. I I know we've kind of been you know looking at the situation and being kind of souring on it, but at the end of the day, I see those talents and I'm like, yeah, like this is still easily a top four team in the East. If they're they talking come. about it right now, that's what we're talking <laughs> about. But again, we don't play the games on paper. Yeah, and nobody plays the game from last year. You have to show and prove. Ben Simmons hasn't been on the court for all, almost a year and a half. Exactly. He's 26, going on 27 years old, if I'm not mistaken. And you just said he might be walking into the last big contract he's, he's going to ever have in the league. That's scary and sad. But I think people will pay for talent. And, again, he's making $35 million this year. He can't come out and get 
eight points, nine rebounds, and seven assists to be like, yeah, that's great production from him. He's not Draymond Green. Yeah. He more is expected of him from his teammates, from Josiah, from Sean Marks, from um, Steve Nash, and of course, the two there, KD and Kyrie. So onward and downward we should go because we're not going upward. It seems like we're going down the eastern seaboard because we're in Philadelphia now. Uh And Lynn Rivers' squad has some additions to his team, bringing in um, the wee daddy, Montrez Harrell, and also the artist formerly known as Leon Anthony or Anthony Leon Tucker. And uh, I don't know if that's going to help them. I don't see that as being a significant upgrade. I think Tyrese Maxey's improvement is going to be the biggest thing for that team because he's going to eat. I think now in his third year, he's going to take one of those leaps that is going to make James Harden's role much easier for this team. And it's necessary. Thoughts? Yeah. I'm I'm thinking about that because I hear Harden's comments. He's lost the weight, you know, the weight that he used to force himself out of two two different teams over the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, he's coming back as superstar Harden, so that 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 to me like that that sounds good, and, and I be, I believe that um, during the the practice uh, the training camps. I don't know if you saw the videos of him talking to his coach and they're going back and forth at each other, but like, it's good conversation and it makes, you know, doc look like, Oh, he's actually coaching. Like he's actually, you know, he's engaged, he's engaged, which, which is great. So this Philadelphia team to me looks good in terms of maxi. Yeah. I could see that like him really becoming that third star and making that the job even easier for James. Cause it's like to have that kind of backcourt, who do you who do you really look listen, you know who's gonna make it really easy for? Tobias Harris. Because they were trying to make him part of the big three before. He's not and built he's that not. way. He's not built no. that way. So it's gonna make his job easier. And Joel Embiid, I think if he comes into the season and he's still whining about what does he have to do to be the MVP, that's gonna be a bigger problem than any injury or any James Harden false flag that he throws up about being in shape physically, but not being in shape mentally to handle the rigor of being the second banana on a team where for the longest time, at least since he left Oklahoma city, he's been the guy. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't see Philadelphia doing anything different than what they've always done, which is sad. It really is sad. And I'll feel we'll feel some frustration from one Joel Hans and Bede at the end of the season. I mean, he had he is the team. You're gonna feel that frustration. I don't see them going anywhere close to the Eastern Conference Finals. He kind of reminds me of Charles Barkley's sons in a way. They're just kind of Charles Barkley's sons. Because they're just kind of victims of being around too much great talent. Like who the hell is Charles Barkley's kids? I didn't know he had kids. No, no, no. You said Charles Barkley's Phoenix Suns, Phoenix Suns, Charles Barkley's Phoenix Suns. Um, you're just kind of the victim of being around, and he, he, I, I just don't see him getting there because, like, the right, they sound more like Utah, then Utah, you go there and down the Mitchell, like, they have enough talent to make you like get there, but when they get in the playoffs, they get exposed like dog nuts, and it's tough, yeah, because they yeah. have the talent. 
and Glenn Rivers is still holding on, like he's nursing, you know, like a, a, a bottle of empty Moet that he put water in when he went to the bathroom to make it seem like he's still throwing it up and tossing it up in the club as he's getting lit. Yeah. 2008 has been a long time, my guy. It's 15 yeah. years. It's a lot of dust in that trophy. You had quality teams in Los Angeles. Couldn't get it done. You've been there in, in Philadelphia for a couple of years. You have to get something done, and I don't see it on the horizon for Glenn Rivers, James Edward Harden Jr., or Tyrese Maxey. And of they're course, good, just not good enough. Right, and that's why, like, but they're still top tier in the East. So could they be disruptors? I don't know. We'll see. And when, and of course, you have to look at the 2021 NBA champions, the Milwaukee Bucks, who are. Defeated, because if, if you lose all your games in, in, in the preseason, you're defeated, not undefeated. And Giannis says, oh, I'm not really worried about this. And this is what this is what happens when you're a veteran. This is what happens when you've won a championship. This is what happens when you have a, a finger and a pulse, uh, you know, your finger on the pulse of the team, understanding the temperature of the team. Giannis goes, we want to just form better habits. But losing right now, because it doesn't count, is nothing. But we can form better habits. We'll be okay. So Milwaukee being the fourth team in this top tier, a team that I would pick if they don't go out and do one thing. You know what it is, right? No. Pick up the one-man army to fill that P.J. Tucker role. You know who the one-man army is. He used to play in Dallas. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. I'm not really a fan of Mr. Bossman, but – Jay Crowder yeah. Yeah. is the new Eric Snow. I've explained this to you before, correct? Yes. So for those who don't know, Eric, if Eric Snow is on your team and he's in the NBA Finals, you're bound to lose. In 96, he was the backup for Gary Payton and Nick McMillan. They lost to the Bulls. In 2001, the starting point guard for the Philadelphia 76ers, guess who? Eric Snow. And in 2007, when the Cleveland Cavaliers went to the Finals, who was the point guard? You guessed it, Eric Snow. In 2020, the Miami Heat went to the NBA Finals. The three starting three men for the Miami Heat was one, Jay Crowder. In 2021, the Phoenix Suns went to the NBA Finals. The starting three guard or starting uh, three um, small forward, three guard, small <laughs> starting small forward for the Phoenix Suns, Jay Crowder. These are starting small forward. The Milwaukee Bucks, they do not make the Eastern Conference Finals, much less the NBA Finals. And if they do, they don't win. That's just a curse. You know who also fits in that category? Eric Dampier. Really? Played Dallas 2006, lost to the Heat. Okay. Goes back, same matchup, different team. Dallas beats Miami, and he's the center. But he's the third one. It only works if it's a tribe. <laughs> But I like oh, that. No, but that goes from you being a Dallas Mavericks fan, and I like that. I like that you included that, no doubt. But you know, those top teams. Who do you see in the Eastern Conference Finals? So, the importance of uh, Middleton coming back healthy and being that guy that um, people forget. Like this guy was the closer. Like Giannis is obviously the tank. He's the leader of that team. He guides them. He does everything. He, he can put up a near quadruple double. But when you actually look in those last four minutes of the fourth quarter in Milwaukee's championship run, it's Middleton's jump shots, Middleton 
just doing whatever he needs to do to close the game. And you need closers, and they didn't have that last season. So him coming back and getting that spot back and being Giannis's right-hand man, I think is going to elevate them back into the finals. And it just became possibly a little bit easier with the mess in Boston with Ume Doka, the, the mess in that's still present in Brooklyn. And again, the Sixers that can can get to high places but just can't seem to crack crack the ceiling. So I think right now Milwaukee has the best shot to to go back. I like that except for the gift and the curse that is Jay Crowder because you don't have anyone to play that P.J. Tucker role for them. If you ask Drew mm-hmm. Holiday to do too much of that, he's going to wear down and get injured. I'm telling you right now. And that's going to be the key because if you can't stop anyone, it's one thing to have Brooke Lopez and Giannis stopping stuff at the rim. Who's going to be that? Be Bobby? Huh? Well, Bob, Bobby Portis does have the the, the well, great Bobby is an important part of it, but he's not the dude. Like, he doesn't drive the bus. Like, Drew Holiday is a glue guy. P.J. Tucker is that guy that'll do anything to guard any player, and so will Drew Holiday, but you can't have him guarding all these guys all year long. It won't work. And so if you don't have that, scarily enough, I don't want to say the Brooklyn Nets, they have the talent, and if it's about scoring, it's going to be the Brooklyn Nets. But at the end of the day, the time Lord comes back and they don't get Jay Crowder in Milwaukee, It'll be Boston, I think, and the 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 Nets, the Eastern Conference Finals, and I'll let you know later on this year what I believe about who's going to win it. All but right. All right. does that make invalid these other teams that are on the fringe that could again because things happen in the NBA all the time? Does it make that invalid when we're looking at teams like Miami? Does Tyler Hero end up making? A big problem and a big stink down there. He got his money, and now does it with his money? Did he become the dude that believes he should be starting? Does he change the chemistry of that team? Does Kyle Lowry actually get in a shape? Does it matter at his age? Like these are real questions for them. People are talking. Oh, Jimmy Butler's hair. Who cares? Bam Adebayo is a. This is a. This is your life season for Adrice Adebayo. As good as he is, he's been an all-star multiple times. There's something missing from after his rookie year. There's something missing. And I think Pat Riley, the creator of the disease of more, can tell you that. He got his money. Yeah. You start getting comfortable. You start getting some all-star. Yeah. Like that hunger is gone. And that's the hardest thing to do to drive a player to who goes from not doing to doing. Walk back and be like, yo, I need to play play my role differently. What is the situation yeah. in Miami and how could they slip in that top four um this season? It's hard because they got the roster, they got the pieces, but like you just said, like like to me, bam, he should be a top five center, but he's not even close. Mm. Like where what what is stopping you from kind of becoming that guy, right? You you don't have to say anything about Jimmy Butler. You know what you're going to get from Jimmy Butler. He's shown it to you for like the last like three or four seasons. Like mm-hmm. he is the guy that's going to be hunched over at the end of the game because he literally gave you everything. But I feel like they got Kyle Lowry maybe like a year or two too late. So Messiah Jury knew what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. I think he saw it. 
I think he saw it. I think he got the best of Kyle Lowry and and you saw it last season. The the health was, you know, a question. He was in and out of the lineup. He never really got into rhythm, never really got into that. This whole heat culture thing. He mentally he fits it, but physically has been the issue, right? So I I just I feel like they got Lowry a little too late. I don't think the money's gonna change Tyler. I think that's gonna just uh motivate and help him kind of keep that up because men at the beginning of last season, I want that Luca respect and money. I want that trade respect and money. Yeah. He wanted to shake Gilders Alexander money. Yeah. And, and he, he, money. Didn't, he didn't get that money, but he got close enough to what he's worth that he, he took it, right? And, well, and I feel on, like that's gonna be enough. Sitting on the sixth man of the year award would help him, but I just think that there's going to be a level of this dysfunction on that team yeah. that will keep them out of that mix. Um, yeah. We look at the additions. Um, I like some of the young players down there, but when you look at some of the additions to the Atlanta Hawks, bringing in DeJounte Murray, cool or not in Atlanta? I like it. I like it. Okay. And the reason why is because he's been kind of, I don't want to say he's been buried away, but. He became an all-star. I feel like he, for, for Greg Popovich and the Spurs to trade away an all-star. Yeah. I don't know what that was about. Dude, they said, look, we want to give you a chance to spread your wings. It's not happening down here. They don't feel like he can be the face of the franchise. That's what they told him. I feel like he's going to have like a DeMar like exit from the Spurs. Oh. So DeMar leaves, goes to Chicago. Everyone forgot about DeMar. Bam, just but he, DeMar's, he, this. DeMar, DeMar's leading the MVP race. DeMar's well, this. I, I get the analogy you're trying to make and trying to make that, yeah. that connection. But DeMar had already been a star somewhere else. DeJounte sure. came up in the Spurs system. So for the Spurs to say, you know what? We don't believe you can be the face of our franchise. We're going to trade an all-star. It says a lot about DeJounte Murray, and I like him as a player. I do. But what is he? What what is Spurs, the premier major sports organization of the past 25 years, telling me when you trade DeJounte Murray? What are you telling him? Well, he's happy to be in Atlanta, but we know Trey Young, Trey for Trey Young, is the face of that franchise. Does it make when you have Onyeka Nkongwu in the middle, does it make Clint Capella expendable? Does Trey Young become more of a vocal leader? I know that this summer he and Nate McMillan had conversations about him being more vocal as a leader. But if it's not him, if it's not built for him to do that, does that become DeJounte Murray's role? Yes. Yeah. And he's from the, 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 the ultimate voice uh, in Greg Popovich. That teaching is going to come down. And mm. anyone who comes from a Spurs system, whether you're a coach, a player, they bring that a little of that into the next team that they go to, and it mm. works. And the thing what I like about DeJounte is, again, when you're – for me, the Spurs model player is Tim Duncan, Dave Robinson, the calm, quiet dudes that just do their work. Don't They're not cocky. They're not flashy. But as soon as DeJounte Murray left, he kind of broke that mold. You're seeing videos of him just disrespecting players at – pro-ams and and just doing things that wow like where have you been the last i don't know how many years well, now, yeah, people are, i mean 
You, yeah. you just talk to our guys who are straight black and white, just like the uniforms of the Spurs. And yeah. then Theodore Duncan and David Robinson, even Kawhi Leonard. That was mm -hmm. a part of the thing, you know, and you had some wild cards. You had Tony Parker. You had Manu Ginobili, the, the foreign guys who came in. They were outside of what the Spurs tried to create as a culture. Do the Hawks now create a culture around those guys with DeJounte Murray? Like you said, you can have one A and one B. DeJounte Murray being the more vocal leader and someone Trey being the guy who just does it by example. Because if you can't force certain things on guys, you know, I think it gives, you know, they let go of, uh, of um, Opie Cunningham, Kevin Herter. He's in Sacramento now and gives more leeway to my man, of course. You know his name, Bogdan, Bogdan, Bogdanovich. Yeah. But DeAndre Hunter and his ability to stay on the court and not be injured is going to be so key to what Atlanta does. And they could be one of those teams that slips into that top four. I believe that. Easy. I think your core together, when you have a coach like Nick McMillan, who, who knows what it is to move those guys. I mean, tell me it wasn't fool's goal two years ago when you made the Eastern Conference Finals. Show me this year. Deontay Murray is a big part of that. John Collins being healthy and uninjured is a big part of that. And also what they do to those young guys. Um, what's his name? Um, Shamir Cooper, um, yeah. Auburn, and also Jalen Johnson from Duke. You have to get some production from those guys. They have to play prominent roles off the bench this year, along with the Kongu, or they're going to have problems in Atlanta. But I like what they have there. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. And the Holiday Brothers. Well, I mean, <laughs> is the Holiday Brother? Yeah. All right, so I forgot yeah. <laughs> that we're going to give away an award. When we do the Do Work Awards, there's an award called the Thanasis, which talks about the protocol behind how you support a more talented brother in the NBA. Yeah. We'll get to that when we do the award show. But, uh, yeah. Thank you for throwing in the, the Holiday Brothers there in Atlanta. Um, Aaron and what's the other one's name? Justin. Justin. Yes, Justin. A sniper. Yes. yes. A sniper. Yeah. So you want to see those guys in, in you know, Another team that we, I mean, we'd be remiss not to mention the moves made with a team that had two first time all stars and Jared Allen and in uh, Darius Garland, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who went out and got Donovan Spider Mitchell to change their fortunes. Crazy. They were on the cusp of making the playoffs last year. I think it was a, a great move by Kobe Altman, who's creating his own identity and, the, and crafting the team and the identity he wants to create. With the draft picks after in the in the shadows of David Griffin, doing those things and really creating an excitement and excitement in Cleveland that did not exist since those other guys left. The, the greatest Cleveland, the, the the greatest Cleveland Cavaliers team outside of any he who shan't be named team. Like this is the first time since. He's at hashtag has entered the league that I look at Cleveland and I'm not thinking of him. I'm thinking right. of that. That yeah. roster is impressive. That's a beautiful thing. And yeah. it's, it's definitely a nod to Kobe Altman in the front office. And let's get some, some, some stats to my man, JB Bickerstaff. Yeah. Because he's created a situation now and, and having a guy who could have been rookie of the year and Evan Mobley. You got Donovan Mitchell. You got Darius Garland. You have a really young core. You have a big man who understands his role in the middle. 
You have some guys over the bench, Okoro, Chetty Osman, um, Wade, those guys. I think they have one of those teams that, again, they're on the cusp of breaking that top four and being somewhat of a disruptive force in the Eastern Conference. I'm looking forward to I, I see a big year for Darius Garland. And I think that Spider Mitchell ends up taking a step back. Listen to what I'm saying. A step back to actually help his squad. Because he's not going to average 26, 28 points a night. He's going to average closer to 22. But his all-around game is going to be a whole lot better because he has better guys to depend upon there. I mean, you know, Mike Conley's in the lineup every other night. You know, Bogdanovich is not, you know, uh, you know, Evan Mobley, you know, those guys. This is going to be different. And Jared Allen is better than Rudy Gobert offensively. Yes. Yeah. And as Odin, if not, he, he's in the, the conversation being one of the top defenders at the rim in the league as well. You think about Jared Allen. And then you look at a key to that team this year. If they don't move him, he's going to be the leader of the bench in Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert is built to be a six-man in the NBA. If he can threaten to be a six-man of the year, the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to be a problem for a lot of people in the East. Yeah, yeah. And and, and the, the catalyst of their rise last year, um, he's not even healthy yet. Rick, Ricky Rubio, he's still there. <laughs> Having a guy like Ricky Rubio in the in the in the backcourt, they got rid of Colin Sexton, they got rid of Mark yeah. Market, they kept the veteran Kevin Love. He's like he actually had one of his best seasons to me. And people look at numbers all the time. His best season, one of his best seasons shooting from three. Also, like he felt like this is one of the best teams he's ever been on because these young guys they look up to him, but he also feels like he's a part of their it's not like this old guy who's separate from them. He's a part of that thing, and I think. Again, creating a culture in Cleveland is going to mean a lot to what they do moving forward through this season. And last but not least, East. Last but not least. Oh yeah, I was going to say you're actually wearing, you're actually ripping the wraps today. Okay. I mean, I like this. I like this. I like this. I like. Oh, and of course, East Coast, East Coast lifestyle. You see, talking about the Eastern Conference, you get funky. Shouts out to Nova Scotia, and RIP Pat State, but. Toronto Raptors, always interesting, always an interesting look at what they're going to do in this season. Nick Nurse, this is your life. Prove that you are that guy. Fred Van Vliet is going to have to have a comeback here. He, he will. He's an all-star. They're talking about he's getting up in age. Can he stay in shape? Can he stay uninjured? You know, who's going to be that backup? Will they bring in a guy like who just got waived in Detroit in Kimball Walker because they don't believe in Malachi Flynn yet? There are a lot of free agents out here who are looking for jobs. Who you bring in as the backup point guard? Do you believe enough in Delano, uh, Delano Banton to be the guy to handle the rock at the top of the key at his height and his size and length to give you a different look? Perhaps they've run the Pascal, Scotty Barnes point guard look when, when Fred was out injured. That's not sustainable when you need buckets down the stretch. But you look at the Toronto Raptors, the, one of the brightest spots in the league is Scotty Barnes. All the people on draft day who are crying that Jalen um, 
What's my man's name? Suggs. In Orlando. Jalen Suggs. They're not coming to Toronto. Are they crying now? Scotty Barnes has always won under 19 championships. Like he was the dude. Even at Florida State with Leonard Hamilton, you could see he had a unique skill set, big hands. Like he he is the prototypical modern NBA player. Six seven, six eight, yeah. 225 pounds, long arms, can defend, can rebound, is becoming a better shooter, becoming a better ball handler. And the will there be a leadership question at this point? Because, mm-hmm. who, like, you know, people try to do this thing, who's the face of the franchise, and we'll hold on to the, the, the nostalgia of Pascal and Fred being the holdovers from the championship team. But as they move forward and try to create a new identity, a new culture under Nick Nurse with these new guys, is Scotty Barnes the new face of the Raptors franchise? Like last year, they kind of gave me a Detroit Pistons feel, where Pistons it's like year. I'm talking about the championship year. You didn't have like, you could say it was Chauncey, but I don't think it was. I think it was all five of them, all all five guys from. Rick it's hard, to, it's not hard to say after those guys won a championship, though. It's hard to. I I get the comparison. Yeah. Uh, I, I just feel, or kind of like that Atlanta Hawks team that had like all five guys go to to the to the to the All Star game. Like I feel like you could have that for the Raptors, where Fred's that guy, Scotty's that guy, um, Pascal's there. Uh, even OG can show up. Like you can have like four to five different faces, and it's and like any of them can go off at any night. And I and I kind of like that, mm. but. Am I a Scotty fan? Yeah, like a hundred percent. Like I, I want to see Scotty succeed. I, I'm all, I, I'm all for Scotty. And like, there's been like a lot of talk about him playing the point guard. And I'm like, when I see, when I hear and see that, I just think, okay, Magic, Big O, LeBron to start his career. I just think he has that. Sorry, I mean, I'm just talking about like, you know the big, big no, tall third name. Oh, so, oh, sorry, sorry. The hashtag, the hashtag. He who shall be named. Um, talking about big time point guards where he could just easily crush his competition. Um, and obviously, uh, unlike Ben Simmons, has a bit of a motor that I'm happy to see. So, yeah, right. Well, yeah. it's not the OG Ananobi who, if not for injury, we might not be seeing Scotty Barnes. True. Think about that. OG True. Ananobi changes shot prep, he looks better, he looks quicker with his shot release. And I think this is going to be a make or break gear for him. But you look at that squad, and I think you do, as much as I've been kind of trying to poke holes in your comparison, I like it, actually. I really do. I think that they have that type of team that's more of a team because they do have a culture. But in the shift of that culture, as they change it, Fred's going to be the engine for sure. But Scotty and Pascal and, like, you know, that thing. And Pascal was named third team All-NBA last year, right? That's something we said. Are we discounting the Raptors possibly being that top four mix? Because they're going to be whoever they face in the first round, they're going to be a problem. Whoever they face, if we if we kept the top four the way they are and the top and the bottom four the way they are, the Raptors are going to be a problem. Period. Easy. Yeah. So you can do it. When you look at all those teams, which one of the four you feel like can really like, and not just, oh, yeah, maybe, you, like, 
yeah, they'll supplant this team because they're going to have too many problems. Who's that team? Who are the teams that, that one of these teams could supplant in that top four? Uh, I'm going to say Cleveland. Cleveland, mm-hmm. to me, has the that just they just have everything there. Um, if, if if I don't mind kind of jumping the gun here, I did have a team that I feel we could put in the mix. But can I say my my sleeper team? Go ahead. I feel people are just and, – and trust me, I still think they're mediocre, but I feel people are not showing enough respect to the Knicks and specifically their new star attraction that they paid yeah, hundreds of millions yeah, of dollars they came from Dallas. Listen, I, I understand Jalen Brunson, um, fellow Philadelphia Eagles fan in, in living in Dallas, Texas. It's a hard, hard thing to do, hard thing to do. But um, I feel like Jalen Brunson really showed that playing with Luka, he was able to still put up numbers. And without him against the Utah Jazz for two games, people forget he was – he basically broke up the Utah Jazz. I'll, I'll say that. Okay. Jalen Brunson was a former National Player of the Year in college. He's not yeah. a bum. Sometimes no. it's about finding that fit and finding an opportunity, and then he can break out and become that lead guard that you take the ball out of Julius Randle's hands up top. You're not worried about Alec Burks bringing the ball up. You have a point guard who is strong, who is smart, who understands how to play the game, and probably the only lineup in the league with three left-hand starters. Jaylen, I, I just think they're they're RJ, missing. They've been missing. So he's he's the missing link. Was I happy to see him go? No. Did I think the Knicks were just paying for more mediocrity? Yes, because again, you look at the top eight teams we just spoke about. It's they're like, are crazy. you really better than them? No, you're not. So you're kind of just paying again for more mediocrity. But I do still think that Jalen's going to have them. Possibly, well, no, not possibly. They're going to be in the mix for the play-in, and I could see them sneaking wins off teams. And you're just like, it's at the hands of Jalen. So I think he's going to have RJ um, in the right place. uh, Obi Toppin, I I could see their connection looking good, Um, and then hopefully Julius Randle gets his crap together. And yeah, maybe I think the Knicks could uh, sneak into the eighth spot, the seventh spot, somewhere from the play-in. But they well, are nice. Yeah, I can see a play-in situation for them, for sure. But, you know, when I look at, at those teams in the bottom, I would take Toronto Raptors, which it's rare to hear me say that. Uh, I could easily take Cleveland, but you've already said that. So I'm going to go somewhere else and say Toronto could supplant Philadelphia in a 4-5 matchup again. Only this time, Toronto would be the four. And I think they can beat Philadelphia. Mm. I think oh, with the to take Coloco, I think with the additions of Coloco, I think that Chris uh, with you you have enough fouls with Kim Birch, Chris Boucher, they're gonna make Joel and B play. And I'm believing that Paul Reed's a nice player. He's not the quality of backup that the Toronto Raptors have. And the fact that they got rid of the riding remains of Highland DeAndre Jordan Jr. and he's planted himself in Denver, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Stealing more money. Made them smaller, but Montrez Harrell, we've seen what he's done in the playoffs. He can be exposed. Ask Nikola Jokic. He can be exposed. 
And that will happen in the East when you have versatile forwards and centers like Evan Mobley and people like that. So Philadelphia can be supplanted. And I think the Toronto, the Toronto Raptors will do that. So my, that's my sleeper team. But who's your breakout star in the Eastern Conference? So I won't, you know, you could kind of put breakout and sleeper team together, right? But like no, for me, Jalen Brunson, but, but but for me, Jalen Brunson's not a breakout player because like again, somebody gives you a hundred million dollars, you're broken out, my guy. You're not you're not a breakout. Yeah, you're not a breakout player. Uh, so I'll go with Dejounte Murray uh, simply just because of the teams uh, he's going to. Um, we've already seen the attitude switch. He's I think he's ready for real time ball. Uh, I feel like we're going to see a lot of personality from him. Um, his numbers are going to go up. Atlanta has needed a consistent, solid second star for quite a while now, and he is it. And I feel like this is going to be – I feel you could see him top 10 in the NBA race to MVP list, to be honest, at mm. some point during the season. A lot of players make these lists. They come in, they come out. DeMar was in, DeMar was out. But I, I feel like the start that he's going to have – is going to be great, and I think Trey Young is going to love passing this guy the ball and mm. having someone that he can actually trust and have confidence in because he hasn't had that. So I, I feel like, like Dejounte has the opportunity to be that player. And people forget Dejounte has been putting up like kind of triple doubles on a regular regular basis on the Spurs. So Philly is going to be a huge help. Yeah, to, to, yeah. And I love him as as like your your like breakout player, even though he's been an All Star. I get it. I'm not knocking that. I look around the league, and I can go to the dregs. You know, I could go down to Orlando, and I think a guy who's going to break out, even with Paolo Bancaro on the squad, is my man Franz Wagner. He's going to have more opportunities because they're going to put a lot of heat. Of course, go blue all day, every day, University of Michigan. And Franz Wagner was a first-team all-rookie. No one was counting on that. Even though he was a high pick, a high draft pick, they were going on potential. He was nice at Michigan, but I think in the pros – with more freedom, he's going to be breakout. And Jamal Mosley is going to have a diamond in the rough down there in Orlando. So shout out to Dallas once again. I know you appreciate that part of it. Coaching. Yep. Yep. And you know what? I forgot about Isaiah Mobley, who has to join the Thanasis crew to learn how to champion his brother there in Cleveland. But we're going to champion you, the listener, as we finish the Eastern Conference wrap-up here or preview for the 2022-2023 NBA season with my man Ryan Antonio Henry, former of Love the Hardwood. I am Will Strickland, rich kid, my mellow, my man. You know what you do when you do it. Let's make it so easy.